0: and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart, and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. Now my guest today has been hiding from me for quite some time. We kept trying to get together and it never quite worked out. Um, But there was just this loving space that we knew that we would catch up at some point. I would like to introduce you to Brianne Grebel, And I did have to well check how to say that properly. Well Everybody does. Everybody does. Brianne's a beautiful soul. And um, she's, she's a very, very interesting story to tell about her journey. Now, as women, often we have responsibilities below, but we can also have responsibilities above as our parents age. And there is a natural decline in their cognitive function. And sometimes that natural decline is, is speeded up through illness such as Alzheimer's or dementia. And Brianne has this beautiful story to tell about her own journey and also um, about her book. But we'll get to that in a minute. Brianne, thank you so much for joining me in the Unashamed with the Human podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we finally got to, <laughs> it's finally worked. I'm so happy. <laughs> I know, me too, me too. Brianne, how would you describe yourself? Um, well, I mean, if we're talking about like in a professional sense, oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a writer, coach and teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I kind of say it is I just help people see the simplicity and the beauty of existing uh it's it's kind of that simple
0: (laughs) simple yet profound
1: isn't it when you see it it sure it sure seems like it yeah like it's just a nice sentence until then yeah see it again but slower this time uh seeing the beauty and simplicity of existing I don't even know mm. if I said that the second way. The same
0: oh, way doesn't matter. It was it was just as beautiful the first time round, and the second time round. <laughs> what, what does that mean to you, Brianna? What What's your journey been? Tell us a bit more about you and your journey.
1: Um, well, yeah. So if you step outside the like professional sense, um, you know, I've I've been in the realm of coaching for, gosh, how many years has it been now? somewhere like five or six years. Um, and, you know, I would go to trainings and seminars and things and hear people talk. Uh, and I, I got a lot of great training. You know, we we both come from the three principles world. That was huge for me, that, that changed the game for me. Um, but in a personal sense, the journey I've been on with my mother um, now for the past, well, gosh, it's going on five years too. Um, but especially in the past year, has she's been my greatest teacher like by by far and that has sent me on a whole different transformation on a personal level um which just seeps up into my professional life but um the the short version um she was diagnosed with early onset alzheimer's um in 2015 she was 62 um and you know it wasn't it, it hurt it was a it it was a horrible diagnosis. It always is. Um, but it wasn't a, a shock. We'd noticed she'd been off for a, a while. Uh, it runs on her side of the family. Um, and then she just progressed really quickly. Um, uh, uh, is in comparison to the average person Lifespan's usually about 10 years after diagnosis. I imagine she's going to pass this year. She's in the late stages. Um, but I was living in Los Angeles and they, my mom and dad live um, in Northern Idaho. And um, almost exactly a year ago, actually, uh, my husband and I talked and we decided to pack up our life in Los Angeles. And I was gonna come up here, he was traveling a lot, so he wasn't really with me, but I was gonna come up here for several months to help my father. Um, he was burning himself out with his her care. And so I came up to, I was gonna help him more, more intensely. Um, but also I was hoping to help him see how much he needed care. And I was going to help provide, you know, find some in-home care for him or something. And then it just became obvious very soon into that few months that I don't know how much longer she's going to be around. She needs more help than I thought. Um, And it just, it, it seemed like I should stay. So I'm still in Northern Idaho Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and she's now in a care facility. We um, decided it was just too hard to care for her at home, her at home um yeah so that's like the the situation those are the circumstances uh the journey inward (laughs) with all of this um gosh I wouldn't even where would you like me to begin (laughs) I feel like there's so many directions I could take it um what what's the one that speaks to you right now Brianne
0: because that is the one we want to hear
1: Fair enough. Uh, I always say, ask me in a different day, I'll give you a different answer. But like, I, I feel like there's so much my mother has taught me about love and life and existence. Um, the one that kind of feels like it radiates out the most beyond just her and I personally, mm-hmm. um, I can't even describe the depth of compassion I have for humanity after this experience with my mom, because this has been the most difficult thing that I've ever had to deal with on so many levels. And it it gutted me to my core and it brought me to my knees. And I just had this realization one day that, every human has their version of this, if not multiple versions. Um, Whether it's specifically with Alzheimer's and dementia, or we're all going to lose somebody we love, you know, we're, you know, even if it's not like on that level, we're all going to face drastic disappointments. You know, for some people, it's like this pandemic right now. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people, this is like, it's taken a lot of their life away. And I don't like, there's something I feel so connected (laughs) to all of humanity in the pain that I felt. Like it, it doesn't, that those kinds of experiences don't discriminate, you know, they, that's everybody. If you're, if you're here and you're paying attention, you're going to get connected to something and that something's going to be taken away against your will, against your desires, no matter, there's going to be nothing you can do about it, no matter how hard you try. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It just, it's, just immense depths of compassion. I also feel like I understand people differently. It's like the things you do to try to escape pain. Mm-hmm. And that really looks like when I look at somebody and I, I see them doing behaviors I don't necessarily understand or even like something about it. I just I'm like, I feel like they are just, they're doing the best they can in this life. Because it gets weird and wonky and hard, and it, honestly, it surprises me that more of us aren't just completely insane more of the time. Because <laughs> how weird this show gets.
0: So, so with your mum, Brian, when she was first diagnosed, you know, there, there's there's a feeling that comes with that. You yeah. know, I, I remember the day that my dad was, you know, diagnosed with. You know mesothelioma, which isn't asbestos-related cancer. and He also yeah. had bowel cancer, and these were industrial cancers. You know they were not anything of him; they were caused by the circumstances and the environments he worked in. And I remember when my dad told us about his his diagnosis and and how long he had to live, and it wasn't long, which for a man who'd never been off a day in his life, you know, mm. it, it sort of the way that he delivered the message to us ultimately helped us with what was going on there was a grace there was a Mm. understanding from him that he was in his well-being despite the rest of the world looking at his diagnosis and 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 going well you're not in your well-being because you have these two separate cancers and you're not going to live very long he knew he was okay Mm. And that blew my mind, Brianna. You know, at the point that my dad died, I didn't I I didn't know, I hadn't really learned about this understanding. But I didn't freak out. And it always surprised me that I'm like, why did I not freak out about that? So mm. I'm interested in sort of how you felt and how the family were when your mum was given that diagnosis. <laughs>
1: uh my family doesn't talk about feelings very often. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the black sheep of the family in that I just talk about this stuff all the time. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I was there with my mom when she got the diagnosis. Because um, when I, um, I actually came up to Northern Idaho for a few months back in 2015, because so many friends and family were messaging me saying, something's, something's not right with your mom. Something's going on. And so, I came up at the time. I was fresh off. Um, I was a personal trainer. Uh, I was fresh off my nutrition um, certification, nutritionist certification, and uh, I was going to come up and save her. Yeah. Uh, the first time I did this, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, sure. Her, her diet's just gotten off. She's maybe she's a little depressed. You know, she's kind of at a different stage in her life. Um, you know, I was going to come up and save her, and I tried. I came up for a couple months, and I was like, you know was cooking for her and trying to teach her nutrition and I got her active and going out. Um, and then after about two months, I just kind of was like, this is, is actually, I know the exact moment when I knew it was something more than I could handle. She was looking at a calendar of July and could not find the 4th of July, which is a holiday here in the U S.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, she couldn't, she was just baffled. And that's when I knew, cause I, because we had run in her side of the family. I know a lot of times like, the the spatial and there's things specifically that go on the mind with with certain dementias and I was it just kind of it hit me Uh, but I still was like well I know there's a lot of things that can cause dementia that aren't Alzheimer's you know vitamin B deficiency or was it D now I don't remember Um, but I did all this research of like you know and then I took her to doctor's appointments and other things and then the day I moved back actually we had tried to get a neurologist appointment for months and there's only one neurologist anywhere near here really um and so the only day we could schedule an appointment was october 15th i remember this 2015 um and it was the day i was actually leaving to come back to go back to los angeles my husband we'd had this whole thing arranged and i was like okay well i'll stop by in the morning with her and the appointment and then i was going to drive to seattle and then fly down to los angeles Um, and he, the doctor basically gave us the news of, you know, these are all, and di- the diagnosis of Alzheimer's is basically like, there's no other explanation for it. Yeah. So, especially given that it's run, it's in her family. So he's like, all of these things are good. You know, all, all of these things check out. Her blood pressure's good. It looks like our nutrient levels are good. You know, yada, yada, yada. He's like, so we, I don't have anything else to offer you other than Alzheimer's. And then things got weird <laughs> in my mind. Like it was more of just a, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how it was supposed to be for my family. I don't know if you've ever had that. Like, do I stay strong? Is that the good thing to do? Like, okay. I don't like, if I cry, will she cry? Like, I just, it was kind of this weird disconnect. And then we went out for Chinese food for lunch <laughs> <laughs> That's And cute. didn't and didn't talk about it. I didn't know how my mom felt. I didn't know how my dad felt. I didn't, I felt terrified to ask. It was just like, it was like the elephant in the room that everybody really truly knew was there. We even like the doctor said, there's an elephant. And we're like, okay, now let's forget about the elephant. Um, it wasn't until, so then I drove six hours to Seattle, met my husband there and that, and then I broke down. um, Yeah. I think, I think we were all just in denial for quite a long time. Yeah. There's
0: a shock element as well, isn't there?
1: Yeah. And it's also, it's like, what do you do with that?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if there's nothing to do, why talk about it? Right. But once you see like, Oh, maybe there's things to do, then it feels, then it felt kind of safe to explore it. But at first I was just like, I got nothing. I don't know what to do with this information. I don't know what to do with this diagnosis. I don't know what to expect. I don't know how to feel. I didn't know anything. I was just like a zombie. <laughs> I
0: know. Do you not wonder though, Brianne, that, that when that happened, was that that shock then led you to wisdom, to do nothing until you really knew what you were meant to do? Because I, I've often seen people and their parents are given these diagnosis, terminal diagnosis, and they ramp up. Yeah. They become forensic in their their methodology in trying to find out what's going to happen and how it's going to happen and what the timelines are and what they should do and how they should behave. And but almost what what you did there or what you did do was you you stepped back. Even though your mind was probably going, you kind of stepped back a wee bit, didn't you?
1: Well the only thing i could say is i i i did exactly what it occurred to me to do
0: mm-hmm. which was yeah. nothing nothing brilliant brilliant
1: <laughs> you know and the longer i go through this journey the less i the less i try to explain
0: yeah
1: you know what i mean the less i try to dissect things and the more i just see it looks to me like every situation every circumstance every feeling every state of mind every it all leads it's all a part of a thing it all is leading to the next thing and so to to look at one section of it and dissect it or analyze it or say oh look how that in a good or a bad way and it it can be fun and it's interesting like I don't think there's anything wrong with that but it it just doesn't look necessary to me you know so it's more of a like I can only say what I did (laughs) why or how or But, but what I want to come back to is like, all of that to me looks like what we call wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think, you know, there can be, especially in the three. world, Like people wide out between like universal wisdom or personal wisdom, you know, like is this me or is this mind? Like I, there's, I, you tell me where the, the line is. Like, I don't
0: know.
1: I don't know. care. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Right. Cause to me, that's just
0: excess thinking. If you're having to, to, right. to, to figure that out, it's just like, does it matter? Really?
1: Does yeah. it matter? No, I'm which, it, which is this whole experience with my mom has shown me that mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. There's something about, especially when I'm with her in her presence, the need to explain, or it's not that I don't do it, but I do it far less than I used to because it's just like, well, that's a lot of bandwidth yeah. that I would like to not use up in that way. You know, like for every moment I spend analyzing life, I'm not in life. Yeah. And here's where all the action is. Like, mm-hmm. here's where all the, the, the most gorgeous, deep, Unwavering love is. It's it's where all the juice is. Like we want to analyze to get more juice, (laughs) (laughs) which starts to make less and less sense once you understand what the juice is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I have written an email out to my mailing list today and I haven't written for I don't know how long because I've been so quiet. I'm still Mm. incredibly quiet inside, you know. And and like you, there's not a lot of words. There just isn't. And it's like you're saying, it's presence. It's being. And I can imagine how that is for you and your mum just being in that space of of love
1: yeah you know that I don't know why this just popped into my mind but um the first um two three weeks of uh the isolation for the pandemic and um self quarantining whatever you want to call it that we were doing um the first week was really hard because I had uh, we'd moved my mom into a care facility, but I was between my father and I. We were still with her, like on average five hours a day. I would spend two three hours with her around lunch, and he'd go back for dinner, and um, every single day, uh, and for you know months and months. And then, because of safety and stuff, they did not allow visitors anymore. And the first week of that. It was interesting to see what went on. I had like withdrawal, like <laughs> I had separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I didn't realize I was doing this. It's like, even if she was doing bad, if she was having a, a rough day, even if she was you know, anxious or upset or something, so long as I could see her, as long as I could see that was going on, I was okay. But now I didn't know. <laughs> I had no verification. And I'd gotten so used to that, and so it was interesting for all of this shedding I had done of attachment to the woman she used to be, and thinking, "Okay, I'm good now." I was like, "Oh no, I got attached to the to the situation still." So the first week was really hard, um, but somewhere along the second week, it was interesting. I just, I realized, just matter-of-factly, like, "Oh, this isn't on me. Like, this is not my fault." <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it. It's just, there's, there's like, I get to have all of that taken off my plate. So like, I I guess I had a little bit of a guilt that I couldn't see her. And then I just saw, well, that guilt is kind of pointless. It's not, it doesn't mean anything and it doesn't need to be there. And then for about two weeks, it was real quiet, real quiet that what you were talking about. Um, And I think it was partially just, I didn't realize even though I loved being in her presence that that just took up a lot of energy. It just, you know, the going there and the being with her and the helping feeding her and dealing with her moods which would be really drastic sometimes and I was so for that. I was it was totally fine for me, but I didn't realize like oh that that still took something. Yeah. And then I was like for yeah, for about 2 weeks, oh man, it was just I remember just sitting staring out the window for I don't even know how long, probably at least an hour. <laughs> And just and it's interesting to me that the thing you don't want can be the thing that delivers that or brings you back to it, I suppose that's so interesting. we spend so much time fighting against the thing we don't want that we don't realize that if you were just to let it go and let it happen because you don't have a choice anyway um, that it can on the other side of that discomfort bring you back around to yourself I had no idea <laughs> but that's the gift isn't it
0: Brianne, is living life with everything that happens in it you know whether it's new life or whether it's end of life whether it's the loss of a job whether it's a pandemic there's there's information in absolutely everything and we suffer when we fight against what is
1: it's not only it's interesting it's not only do we suffer it's actually we we lose sight of what's possible too, which you know causes more suffering.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's and I say that as we because it's not like I'm enlightened and I don't suffer and I don't get caught up in all of this stuff. And uh you know, it's just when you get one real good taste of what is beyond the suffering, even the suffering feels different. It even looks different. But like when we're fighting with something that there's nothing that could be done about it. It's like our, we get this weird tunnel vision Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then we lose sight of options and possibilities and things that, you know, maybe there could be something done, you know, directly or indirectly, but when we're just so caught up in about how much we hate it how much we don't want it or how, how unfair it is, um, you know, why me? Like all of that stuff, which I think is pretty common, it does somehow just make the world smaller and smaller and smaller until you feel like less and less is possible. You lose kind of your ability to have eyes for what's not this, what's not the suffering though, because that the suffering is not all there is. It just feels like it because we close ourselves around it. It's like somewhere along the way with my mom, I realized even though there is suffering, there's still plenty of suffering. I just there I know there's something else there, and that just gives enough cushion to be able to sit through it
0: mm-hmm.
1: to be able to handle it's not quite the right word, but yeah, to just be with it, yeah, yeah.
0: Just, I'm laughing because it reminds me of you know like in my dad's last days how the sense the sense of humor that him and I had was always sort of ironic and a wee bit dark and a bit cheeky and it was just beautiful you know we had some really really lovely crazy moments I remember um, saying to him you know he was he was fine at this well not fine but he had his diagnosis and I remember saying to him um, I'm going to cook you a cooked breakfast dad and he goes oh I don't want that <laughs> and I remember saying to him why do you think you're going to have a heart attack because I'm cooking you cooked breakfast and my dad just couldn't stop laughing and I just thought isn't that beautiful that he was okay with me saying that? And I was okay. Like, I obviously knew it was okay to say. And my dad would always say, Brianne, he says, look, I don't want any of these funeral things. He's like, just put me in the the wheelie bin, you know, the rubbish bin. Just, just when the men come, just put me there. They'll take me away. And I swear, the day that the hearse drew up outside our house... The bin men came and <laughs> the bin was on the outside, and I couldn't stop laughing. And my cousins were, oh, they were so upset with me. Oh, you know, and I just thought my dad would be creasing himself laughing, <laughs> knowing that this, you know, was happening at the same time. And I loved that because they're, they're... an awful lot of people become very, very, very serious. At times like this in their life, and what I mm. can hear from you and what I can feel from you is lightness. I'd love you to talk about that. Is you know what's that like when you're able to sit with your mum and you're obviously talking to her and being with her? What's that like?
1: You know, it's interesting that you say lightness. I was just thinking about this while I was in the shower yesterday, because um, somebody else had mentioned. Um, that you seem, you seem, you seem awfully light with this, mm-hmm. like as if, is this, if I shouldn't be, <laughs> mm-hmm. you seem awfully light with this. And I was, I was actually, ref- I was thinking about that, reflecting on that. And it's like, you know what? It feels like there are times I absolutely feel dense and heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't even count. The one that comes to mind is, um, She was in her new home and what I was doing at the time was I would go see her twice a day. I would see her right around bedtime as well because she just wouldn't go to sleep otherwise. She wouldn't lay down, she would just pace. And so I would go in and and put her to sleep, put her to bed. (laughs) In hindsight, I'm like, oh, how many roles of ours were reversed? Um, But this one night I went and she was so anxious and so wound up and she, the last year or so, she started getting vicious, Mm -hmm. Um, like, the words that come out of her mouth now sometimes I didn't even knew she know, uh, no, she knew. <laughs> um, and she, she was anxious and she was just being so mean to me, like cruel. And it's like all the, the intellectual knowing of like, this isn't her, this is the, this, it didn't help. Mm-hmm. It's like, I knew that, but it's still the woman I call mom looking at me and, you know, calling me horrible names and telling me to get out. And I, Fell to my knees, and I don't know if I've ever cried that hard. Just get a little cheery now, just thinking about it. Um, I just remember thinking the only thing I want is just for my mom to look at me and even just recognize that she's hurting me or that I hurt. You know, just one fraction of motherly love, and life did not give that to me. That's all I wanted, just something. Mm-hmm. And I, that is, that was such a heavy feeling, but what it metaphorically feels like, it's like, there are times when I feel like a two ton brick, Mm -hmm. but I'm a two ton brick on a raft that's still floating on the water. You know, it's like, sometimes I'm, you know, light and I'm bouncing off the raft and I'm playing in the water or whatever, but I don't, even when my heaviest times, nothing feels like I'm drowning. And that's that, whatever it is beyond the suffering, you know, we call it mind in the three principles. Like people have all kinds of words for it, but it's like something just in me now knows there is more than this. Mm -hmm. There's more than Brienne and her personal feelings and experiences and thoughts and ideas. There's something more than that. So no matter how intense Brianne's experience is and her thoughts and emotions are, something else carries that. It's the same thing that carries trees through seasons, right? It's the same thing that, you know, controls the tides, you know? Um, It's just, it's obvious to me now that that exists, because there's no way I could have gotten through that. There's no possible way. But it did. And there is a you know, for like the word gift is sometimes a word I like. Sometimes I hate the word, because if you're really in it to say that, like there's mm-hmm. a gift in here, you could just see a slap in the face. I get it. Um, <clears throat> but when you're not in it and you can look back on it, <clears throat> <Yeah. clears throat> excuse me. It's like, wow, how how wonderful to see that I could live through something so intense and in a very short period of time, be back to, to, to fine, just, you know, like laughing with her the next day. It's just really good to see. It's it's just, it's nice to have that experience to like to draw upon if and when, I'm sure when the next super intense experience comes. It's just good to know you live enough life and you begin to see like, I seem to still make it.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. That's beautiful. I love that. I love knowing that the the metaphor that you use there that you can be a two-ton brick, but you're still floating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got I got bobbers somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Something's keeping me afloat. <laughs>
0: Something's keeping me afloat. Tell me about it. Now you're writing a book about your experience, aren't you, Brianne? Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Uh it's written. Oh, <laughs> the there book you is finished. Go. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's a short book. Um, I'm not sure the final page count, but it's less than 10,000 words um, called Love Doesn't Care If You Forget. And it's um, basically five lessons about love that I learned through this experience with my mom. Um, and even in the book, I say there it's it's broken into five lessons, but it's really there's only one. And that's just love is I talk about what love is and what love isn't in the book, but it's really just how I came to see love. No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what life takes away from you, no matter what desires you had that will now no longer come into being, no matter any of that, no matter how much you wished for a particular future, no, like no matter any of that, that love is the foundation. Uh, and that, Like, to me, before this experience with my mom was a nice idea. I heard people say that all you need is love. Mm -hmm. You know, love is the answer. Love is, um, I'm like, yeah. But I didn't know that I didn't actually see that. (laughs) Uh, But with this experience with my mom, it's, it's just obvious to me now. And so the that's, book is kind of the unveiling of how I came to see that.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the difference between intellectually understanding something and experiencing it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough, like, you know, to come back to the compassion thing that I now have for so many people, everybody. Um, I don't know how to reconcile this in my mind. So I stopped trying and I, I talk about it in the book. I don't know how to reconcile the fact that the worst thing that has ever happened to me was also my greatest awakening. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like that those things go together. I, I don't know what to do with that. Um, but I stopped trying, but when it comes to other people's struggles, it's like, I want to both have like the compassion of like, yeah, Oh God, it sucks. I am so sorry that any of us have to go through such horrific, horrible things. But I do want people to know, like the message in the book is, is like, there's an and. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And if you are open to it and I don't, you can't make yourself be open to this. So it's like, don't even put that on your plate. But it's like, and there is a possibility to see something so far beyond this struggle that it'll deliver you back to yourself. Like that opportunity is ever present for everybody no matter what your particular situation is, your circumstances, your struggle. I just happened to relay it how I saw it through Alzheimer's, but I try to help people see it's like, this is not just a personal story. This is not like, hey, how nice for me that I got to see this. I, I try my best to like break it down to see like, can, can you see how that's possible? Mm-hmm. But it gives you some place to look when you're in your particular struggle.
0: That's beautiful be able to help people at a point where they need help Brian they need someone to say not hypothetically but right. in my felt experience yeah. this is how it looked and looks to me rather than here's this understanding I applies yeah. across the board you know I, I'm a great great believer that You can only teach what you know. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm aware, there's there's no one kind of sharing what you're going to be sharing in your book. And I love that. I love the title. Love doesn't hear if you forget. Good
1: God, what a beautiful title. (laughs) I've been trying to write a book for a while, Uh and two things happened at the same time. Somebody told me that, you know, you can write a short book, in my mind, I'm like oh, I'm writing 300 pages. I don't even know. Like, I would start and get and like, "Oh, I can write a short book." That helped, and then the title came to me. Love doesn't care if you forget, and I went, "Well, I gotta write that one."
0: Absolutely, I know. And so many people start with the title, don't they? Instead of, sort of starting <laughs> with it, start with the content, and the title will come to you.
1: Yeah, I was trying to write a. I think it was going to be a blog post um and then the line just kind of came out as I was typing and I went oh that's the book <laughs> I'm writing the book
0: <laughs> yeah oh that's lovely so I take it the care home is still in lockdown is it still in not allowing visitors? Uh, yeah.
1: the yeah the um whoops am I still here you're still there. Okay, my internet just kind of went a little wonky. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't put out. Um, yeah, the latest news we have so, Idaho uh, is where we're at, has a they're, they have phases of, of quote unquote reopening, and their nursing homes are the last one. Uh, so, unless things start getting wonky again, uh, June 13th is the earliest we'll get to see her. Okay. Uh, so, knock on wood, uh, that'll make it two months without seeing her we've seen her through the window Mm -hmm. which I don't know if that's good or bad sometimes I I think it's real nice to see her and sometimes I'm like I think this just confuses her more and makes her upset (laughs) she doesn't know why are they out the window you know I don't know does she know is it strangers sitting out the (laughs) the window staring at her waving at her or you know I'm like ah gosh I don't know what her experience is so I don't know and it kind of comes back to like how much is not in your hands. It's like, I have no idea anymore. Like the concept of what's the right thing and the wrong thing. I have no idea anymore. It's like, so I'm only left with following kind of like what we call intuition or something. I'm like, am I making this better? Am I making it worse? No idea. No
0: idea. But you're following your heart and that's what's important.
1: It's, it's the, the only thing.
0: You can do. Yeah, absolutely. Especially... During this of unprecedented time, it's important just to follow your heart. I became a grandma on Friday. Oh, that's
1: right. I remember just seeing your post. Yeah, on Friday.
0: Congratulations. Thank you, my love. Um and we've come to terms with that. You know, we're not we you know, we're seeing pictures of the baby, we've seen the baby on FaceTime. And we'll meet the baby when it's safe to meet the baby. But in the meantime, You know, Megan and her husband are having this delicious, gorgeous time, just the two of them. All
1: for themselves, yeah. With this
0: wee soul. And it's like, how could I be jealous of that? How could I be bothered about that? And it's fine. I mean, it's always going to be fine. Whatever it is, is. Yeah. And when I try to change it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Once you realize that you can have personal preferences and opinions but ultimately they don't matter yeah perfect (laughs) like like to me that seems like the sweet spot like I can have desires and wants and hopes and things if I don't get them that's okay (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely so Brianne when will
0: your book be published what's happening
1: uh unless something changes we've had a lot of changes so hopefully knock on wood the final set date is June 29th um and I just created an entire website around it. I didn't plan to do this, it just kind of came into being. Um, The the website is called loveanddementia.com and you can find the book there, but also I decided I wanted to share other people's stories as well. So it has the stories of me and my mom, but I'm also collecting other people about their stories with their loved ones and I just kind of want the site in general to be a place to amplify those stories Mm. because I feel like the sharing of it for yourself, at least for me, has been very cathartic. It's been wonderful to share all the things I've seen with my mom. And hearing other people's stories has just helped me also feel connected. And, you know, we can you can connect over a certain kind of it's like you've gone to war when you've gone through this particular experience. Um, so just hearing other people in it has been great for me. So I wanted to create a space where other people could share their stories so they could have that feeling of sharing their loved one, but also a place where others can come and see like, Oh, I'm not alone. You've had that experience too. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so that site, um, well, let's see, you said this is there. that site will be live by tomorrow. So it'll be live by the time this, this airs that's beautiful
0: and we'll put all the the links and the information in there Brianne just to sort of to get people along to have a wee look and to share it with people that they know who may be going through the same experience as yourself that's you know the aim of these podcasts are to 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 highlight people who have an interesting story and an interesting kind of vision and mission and in life to share this understanding in a way that makes sense to them so i thoroughly recommend that you go and have a wee look at it Brianne's a lovely wee soul and um there are
1: also resources there like other outside resources specifically around dementia so Mm -hmm. even if that's something somebody's looking for perfect well Brianne
0: thank you so much for being a guest on the unashamedly human podcast I'm glad we got this chance to talk and I love the title love doesn't care if you forget beautiful
1: thank you so much for letting me be here and giving me a chance to share thank you so much it's been wonderful
0: thanks bye bye that was lovely
1: that was thank you
0: no problem no problem i love so you please send me all the details you want me to put on the the content of that so you know anything at all Brianna? and i'll just put it on and um, if you can send me that today, that would be wonderful. we Will do. I, I will do. It tomorrow.
1: I will do it right now.
0: You're a wee star. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Okay. So we finally got to. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't bothered.
0: I knew we would. It was just a case of when. Oh no. Yeah. Was like, was like, what was it? Work.
1: The first time was it the time zone or something that I messed yeah, up? Yeah, or?
0: yeah, yeah. The, I think the clocks had changed. Oh. The clock had gone spring forward. Yours had gone forward, but mine hadn't. Mine was like a weekend or two weekends later. So Yeah.
1: And then you gave me some, I'm like, I'm pretty open. And then you gave me like two dates. I'm like, except for those two dates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought she doesn't want to speak to me, that woman.
1: So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you caught up now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's lovely. Beautiful. Yeah. So I will send you the link and then you've got it as well to share my love. I mean, you might awesome. want to put it on your website as well. And then there's, you Absolutely. know, it's a Oh reason. no, that'd
1: be great. Yeah, of course. Never even uh, thought about that. Uh, yeah. It's obvious.
0: Exactly where yeah. I'm
1: going to put it. Awesome. I'm Thank you. I'm also going
0: to recommend that my friend um, Della Edie Jones speaks with you for her podcast. It's called oh, great. Insightful Conversations. So I'll give Della a wee shout and say, to We you, love it. To get you scheduled because we have be different audiences. So mm-hmm. it just sort of spreads it out a wee bit more. Oh, I would love that. Thank you. You're welcome. Not a problem, Brianne. Okay, my love.
1: I will message you today with my details. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. You Bye. too. Bye.